0: Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune
1: this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room. When they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone, they cry for joy.
0: Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpayingdoctor.com.
1: The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here at Todd and Oz. Yeah,
0: come on, jump in here at 512-836-0590. Uh, here on the Todd and Oz Show. Pretty interesting uh, you know, a conversation this week at Austin City Hall when it comes to uh, rent. Uh, yep. You know, Zokadri and uh, Vell and a couple of others, uh, they were tweeting out over the weekend and uh, last week how, how pleased they were to see that rent has come down a little bit in Austin, Texas. But you think it's gone up after you hear the conversation with the city's planning uh, housing council and planning committee. They heard about the dire straits that many renters are facing here in the Austin area, across the country, as a matter of fact. Yeah, they say the Community Displacement Prevention Officer, what's her name? Nefer- Nefertiti Jackman. Okay. We need to get her a different name so we can, let's see, say it again. Nefertiti Jackman. Nefertiti Jackman. She told the committee uh, just yesterday that the program that she administers, which provides rental assistance to people facing eviction, is going to run out of money come May. They got about uh, $9.6 million, and, well, they've they've got about 7,500 folks that are in their portal seeking some sort of uh, rent assistance. You can receive up to $6,000 a year. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, just to uh, to go towards your uh, your rent, rent deposit, storage. If you've been evicted,
2: storage uh, for uh, for the time being, and moving expenses as well, uh, and then uh, emergency rental assistance also on top of that. Here's Neferiti.
3: This is a critical
1: uh, step in making sure that households do not face eviction, and so we really seek to be pro, um, proactive with this program. It's a
0: big program
1: too. The total dollar amount to serve. Those households would be roughly thirty-two million dollars, and we have nine point six million dollars.
0: Yeah, they, she's asking for uh, about thirty million dollars to uh, replenish the accounts. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: that's that's uh, that's a lot of money, and and based on on the, this presentation that she put forth in front of the the committee this week, I mean, nearly
0: fifty percent of the city, she says, is uh, quote cost burdened. Well, but listen, we know that uh, those at Austin City Hall they they truly don't understand economics. They don't appear too often, no. Because to get the thirty-two million dollars, you got to borrow it, or you got to well, you got to raise taxes on everybody else. No, I mean. Even if you borrow it, you got to raise taxes, which makes the city more unaffordable. If the city really wanted to help people that are poor and on the verge of eviction, well, they would stop sticking their hands in the people's pockets in the form of Project Connect, which increased your property taxes. These people, I'm sure, are struggling to pay their uh, light bills and water bills. Mm-hmm. Who uh, who they they continue to jack up your rates? Yeah, yeah. And the reason they jack up the rates is because they're helping so many people. I mean, a lot of people are getting a lot of people are getting a, a, if a they hand out in this town. And if they wouldn't jack up the rates and keep on digging in your pocket, then more of those people would be able to afford where they live. Mm-hmm. It would empower them. Well, that's something I think that the city really really fails to do.
2: Is is, the, is it, it, they'll use the word empowerment. But I don't think that they do much that inspires empowerment, you know, uh, because a lot of the stuff. Hey, here's a thousand dollar check every month. Use it however you want. Don't ask where it came from, because you know it doesn't matter. And we won't ask you what you do with it, because it doesn't matter. And, and you don't need to be held accountable for anything. Here's just a thousand bucks, right? That's that doesn't inspire empowerment, you know. That's just that's just free money. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I think that we've sort of become conditioned to just accept. The government is there to help.
1: The total dollar amount to serve those households would be roughly $32 million. And we have $9.6 million. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So they need a lot more. Uh, Let's see. Is it uh, Joey in South Austin this morning? Hey, Joey.
4: Hey, good morning. I hope I don't cross too many eyes here. It's really easy to get involved or wrapped up in the emotional side of someone getting kicked out of their house. But an eviction loses money for the owner. It costs money, right? Mm. And a lot of evictions will tell an owner, hey, my rent is too high, I need to lower the rent. But if someone steps in and makes sure that that pressure is not there, like the government, then rents won't go down. It's very similar to what happens to the price of college. If there's available money to pay, The rent won't go down, and it's sad for people to get evicted, but that's what causes downward pressure on the rental market.
0: If you you, you think about it, uh, this this rental assistance is really uh, a landlord relief package, kind of, yeah.
4: Yeah, it is. It's a landlord relief package. The national scale, the federal government just wrote a Deutsche Bank relief package in Donald Trump's case. Like, these uh, liberals have just become the party of supporting the landlords of big business in a backward way. And people cross their eyes when you start talking economics in a real way to them. But, you know, that's the reality. They're keeping rents high. They're helping to keep rents high with this program.
0: That's, uh, that's a good point, man. Thanks for checking in, Joey.
2: Yeah, I mean, because, you know, they, they what they do, this program here, they, they reach these certain agreements and negotiate with landlords and then they, they to avoid the eviction of, of said tenant. And that so that would make perfect sense, you know, that it would ultimately end up benefiting the landlords.
0: It is 9.08. Listen, uh, lawmakers in our nation's capital, they're pushing for an end of this war in Gaza. Uh, newsman Ryan Schmelz explains. Democratic senators Richard Blumenthal and Chris Coons believe there is, quote, broad hope
2: of a deal soon to release hostages held by the terror group Hamas. In an interview with Reuters, the senators say the release would be in exchange for a pause in fighting before the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. Blumenthal says the pause could happen, quote, within a matter of weeks. The two say they met with King Abdullah of Jordan and had talks with Israeli leaders in Jerusalem. Jordan is one of the Arab countries that's been worried that an offensive by Israel during Ramadan could lead to increased tensions. In Washington, Ryan Schmelz,
0: Fox News. What do you think about this? Uh, Kind of a pause, if you will, in the war. A pause. What do you think about that? To me, a pause only enables Hamas to live another day to kill their enemies, the infidels. Let them lick
2: their wounds, that's for sure. Right? Uh, And and, uh, It's not, I mean... You're you're, you're putting faith that, that Hamas is going to actually adhere to it in the first place, which they prove every time that they don't ever adhere to any sort of temporary pauses or ceasefires. Eventually, they go and they sucker punch somebody. That's what they do, and then they run away and cry. I don't like the idea of a ceasefire.
0: I don't like it at all. It, 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 it enables Hamas, the world's enemy, and, and, and the enemy to the Palestinian people too, right? Mm. Even though they elected them, it allows Hamas to kill another day.
2: Well, you know, I, I mean, there's there's a big part of me that feels like you know there should be no mercy until you get
0: all those hostages out. Absolutely, period. And then all of this talk about a two state solution. What do you think about that? I'm just curious. Who would run the Palestinian state if there was a two state solution? Would it be Hamas? Well, it's the ideology. that's the still going to remain. You that's know? what I mean. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So so you know you kill a you kill a terrorist and 20 years from now his his then. One-year-old son grows up now twenty-one years old, wanting vengeance for for you know his father's his father's death, at the hands of Israel or the U.S. or or whomever. So you never I, I, you're never going to end that. It's a, it's a perpetual
0: cycle of ideology. Maybe so. I think. I don't know. Just a ceasefire, a pause, or anything like that. It just it just sounds like it would embolden those uh, anti-Semites out there mm, and their rhetoric.
2: It might. You know. Well, you know, the U.S. vetoed a, a UN Security Council ceasefire resolution yesterday. Because, you know, the U.S. says, you know, we're, we're already working on negotiations to free these hostages and a temporary ceasefire. And, you know, this resolution could, could you know, upend all that. But I think at the end of the day, you know, nothing, I don't think anything is really going to genuinely end until Israel and Hamas both, you know, the guys that are shooting at each other, actually decide to do it. Ceasefire, call for it all day long if you want, but yeah, it's not going to change anything until no, they're it's ready.
0: It's not going to, well, it's not going to stop until Hamas is born again with the New Testament. <laughs> They're stuck in the Stone Age, and it's not gonna end because well Hamas is hell bent on destroying Jews. Night seventeen here on the Oz Show. Yeah, you can join us at 512-836-0590. Listen, four school committee members in uh, in Brockton are requesting. For the Massachusetts National Guard to assist monitoring high school students following an increase in violence on campus. Yeah, Uh, yeah, in this letter uh, just this past week, uh, Mayor Robert Sullivan uh, and the committee members, they write, Recent events at Brockton High School have prompted us to seek immediate assistance to prevent provincial tragedy. Yeah, the authors uh, cited disturbing increase in incidents related to violence, security concerns, and substance abuse at this public high school. 512-836-0590. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Maybe you should shut it down. I mean, we obviously uh, that that
2: school has failed its its students if 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 it's devolved to that point. However, I mean, if they feel like that's the only solution. It, it could be a, a very sobering image that may change things just with their mere presence.
0: Well, uh, recognizing the gravity of the situation, we are formally requesting that you reach out to the governor and request the deployment of the National Guard to assist in restoring order, ensuring the safety of all individuals on the school premises and implementing measures to address the root cause of the issues that you are facing. Uh, that was a message from uh, the, the National Guard there. Hey, the governor is the one that deploys us. Mm. Reach out to the governor.
2: For, uh, th- there have been 35 teachers who have called in absent uh, just because of uh, altercations, disruptions. Uh, I- I th- the committee members say they've seen an uptick in students just leaving school just randomly or just random trespassers just being allowed to roam the grounds. Why would you send your kids to that school? I-, I mean, They're not safe there. They aren't safe there. But it- perhaps it's their only public school in the district they're allowed to go to. Mm-hmm. You know, I of guess. But,
0: it, but, it, but if it's so bad, it's so violent, why would you send your kid there? I wouldn't.
2: I, I would find a way to homeschool. I, I mean, obviously, well, some of these people can't. I
0: mean, uh, you well, know, yeah, yeah. a lot of people can't do that. But so where,
2: but if you could if you, I mean, if you can't send them to another school just for you know, based if your school's zoned in that that particular school, I just uh, obviously this is. I mean, they've fallen very, very far if, if that's what they're going to need.
0: Well, a representative, uh, they, they didn't even go to the police. They went straight to the guard. Yeah, obviously, uh, I who, guess the police can't do anything. What are the police going to do. I mean, they could come in there and they're a bunch of
2: kids. And uh, just like in every other major city, you know, police have limited power
0: nowadays. Wow, this is amazing. This is, uh, this is a total breakdown of the public school system there. A representative from uh, Governor Mara Healy's office responded to questions about the proposal uh, on NBC10 Boston. Our administration is committed to ensuring that schools are safe and supportive environments for students, educators, and staff. We are aware of the concerns raised by Brockton High School, and we are in touch with local officials. They say our administration is committed to ensuring that schools are safe and supportive environments for students. No, you're not. No, you're not. Mm. This high school is a prime example of how you're not.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, there are reports
2: of just violent fights. I think last year,
0: three kids got stabbed there. They should just shut the whole thing down. Well, listen, it's been an ongoing discussion for months cell phone video shared with NBC10 Boston Friday shows students fighting in a stairwell there at Brockton High School. The latest example of what staff members have said is an an increasingly toxic environment. Over the past few weeks, there have been several school committee meetings uh, with teachers saying that there is a a safety risk for staff and students. Shut it down.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, The only thing safe to do is... Shut it down. They got 3,900 kids
2: that go there, and they've only got about one or two bathrooms open for the whole school because it's too dangerous to have the rest of them open. There's no reason that we, would have a, we should have a taxpayer-funded institution like that open supposedly educating kids when that's all
0: they're doing. Sounds like to me it's just a gladiator academy. It's, it sounds to me like the town is in chaos. Yeah. If your school is like this, then the whole town is. Yeah. If the police can't control the school, then the, then the whole town's out of control, right? Yeah, probably so. Right? Probably so. Certainly, uh,
2: if if you're looking to move up there, maybe they've offered you a job, and you look at that and say, or in that town. Yeah. And you say, well,
0: my God, look at the school district. Absolutely not. Well, not everybody agrees uh, with this uh, this call for the National Guard. Uh, and, in fact, one council at large member, Winthrop Farewell Jr., he says this isn't the role of the National Guard. Uh, and uniformed soldiers in a school presence is a terrible image. We don't consistently enforce class cuts. Students are roaming the halls. Vaping and smoking takes place. Uh, use of cell phones is rampant, and the students run uh, run to uh, film fights, which occur all throughout the building. This is unacceptable. We must uh, support our teachers when they file reports of misconduct. Well, I'm sure a lot of the problem comes from the school board and from teachers and from parents who have
2: whined about the sight of police officers on campus uh, and, and have helped sort of erode the power that the police have to enforce Whatever they could enforce on on, on campus, I'm sure the state, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, probably has laws that limit that as well. Brockton itself, Boston, uh, so I'm sure that the community has probably done it to 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 itself in in the way it's probably like here in Austin has treated its cops, and now they feel like well, our our only course of action now is the National Guard, and he's right, it's not their job. I mean, technically, they, they, they have the National Guard should never be considered, but. Sounds to me like they've run out of options
0: there. Sounds to me like this is a town that has a lack of men. Yeah. Yeah, just a bunch of boys running rampant. Yeah. Uh, Here's what uh, one council member writes. He says, we have assaults on staff and students with minimal consequences, school absenteeism, violations of the current code of conduct need to be uniformly and consistently addressed with mandatory parent conferences, he goes on to say that parents need to be involved in solving the current issues. And I think therein
2: lies much of this problem for, for Brockton High School are yeah, the parents. I bet you have a bunch of parents that, that ha, are, are not present in their kids' lives at all. I mean, how else, how else does an entire community of, of, of young, young kids who are supposed to be there learning devolve it, it, into such feral animals, it sounds like? Yeah, sounds like a really dangerous place.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds
2: like another country. So where are the parents at the end of the day? You know, going, what would you do at school? What would you learn? Let me see your homework. Let me, you know, all that stuff. Uh, they're, 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 their parents are probably ne'er-do-wells themselves. That would be my guess. That's I think that's probably at the root of a lot of this.
0: Yeah, fairwall said that uh, the four committee members are su- uh, suggesting that the guard be called uh, in a time when school committee needs to listen to the teaching staff, support them, and take proper action based on staff reports and recommendations. I'm just curious, men out there, fathers out there, your your wife is a teacher at this school, and she gets jumped by a couple of kids, and they don't get arrested. I'm sure all of a sudden their 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 attitudes would completely change. I don't think so because there's stories like that. Well, out I, of this one high school. Well, yeah, I guess you you're right. There are uh, Tony in West Austin this morning. Hey, Tony.
5: Good morning. I this is an interesting topic, and you know, to me, this is sort of the you know the the microcosm or the the the, the you know the, the in the coal mine where. where this to me is simply an extension of what we have watched in the last whatever it's been six seven eight years the george floyd riots antifa taking over cities complete destruction of property no consequences destroying of businesses no consequences no arrests no prosecution and i guess my first question here you know, you, you said something about the, the school here and the breakdown of the community. I think that's exactly it. I don't see any difference here than what we see in Chicago, Detroit, New York, I mean, D.C., all of these liberal cities where the police have been defunded potentially in this community. And then secondly, if you've got prosecutors that aren't prosecuting, and if they're not throwing these people in jail, I don't care how old they are. If you're old enough to be in a high school and commit crimes like this against your fellow students and teachers, this is a breakdown, as one of y'all said, of the, of the community as a whole. Mm. And I think what this is finally, is just it's just sort of evolved and rolled into this high school. Yeah. These kids know there's no consequences. There's no consequences. Yeah. And I will tell you, the, the, the idea of bringing the family in, I think that ship left long ago.
0: You may be and, right. Until you know, they
5: start arresting these people... And putting them in jail, these
0: kids are going to keep doing it. Yeah, it it, it it sounds like anarchy on that one campus. And you're right; the school district is only preparing the, these young people for uh, a life of incarceration. Yeah, right. Sounds like a lot of them. Right? Need a good good stint. This is shocking, man. This is horrible. Uh, listen, you could jump in here at 512-836-0590 uh, here on the Todd and Oz Show. And this is a big deal, man. This is, we're seeing some of these kinds of things in our schools here locally. Oh, right? yeah. Everybody yeah. has a story about some, something like Absolutely. this. Maybe not to this extreme degree, but I, I'm sure that people have, who people have
2: worked in schools around here for a long time have probably watched an annual increase in this sort of thing. Sure. You know, whether it's reached that level, maybe not, but increase certainly. I mean, there was a time that you, know, you would hear about one of these incidents if you were to hear about one of these incidents. It would, it would shock the whole school community for weeks. And now it's just kind of like, oh, well, yeah, it's just another day on, on campus.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think everybody knows what the problem is, right? Everybody listening knows what the problem is at Brockton High School. Everybody listening knows what the problem is. Everybody does. But everybody's afraid to say the truth. I bet this school is full of kids that come from broken homes. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I,
2: I think that is a very safe bet. Yeah. Very. And that's probably why there's no parental
0: involvement or not enough. Night 31 here on the Todd and Oz Show talking about this story out of, uh, well, it's Brockton High School in Brooklyn where the, uh, the school principal's calling on the National Guard to protect the kids and to protect the staff and the teachers from the ongoing daily violence and crime that happens on campus. I, I can imagine there's absolutely zero education happening at Brockton High School. I can't imagine there is. I mean, you,
2: you hear the reports of the stabbings, the fights every day, the drugs, the kids wandering around through the halls, wandering off campus, just random, strange, ne'er-do-wells wandering onto campus who, aren't, who don't even go there. Yeah. I can't imagine there's a whole lot of learning. It's not done. a school. It's no longer a school.
0: No. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of like a, a day prison camp. Sort of, yeah. Where where there's where there's no guards and, you know, it's a social club. You know, playground rules apply. Right, yeah. Let right. me squeeze in. Let's see. Is it uh, Jeff is checking in from Bastrop this morning? Hey, Jeff.
1: Hey, guys. Yeah. Appreciate you taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I just wanted to, uh, between the previous caller and, and the conversation you guys have had since I initially called in, you've touched on a bunch of the points, but my wife's been a teacher at Lanier or Navarro now for six years or so. Um, and consistently every year, the stories that she tells uh, when she gets home in the evening are everything that has been said about this school in Maryland has happened at her school and and does happen every day. Um, every day, and and like every day, uh, whether it's you know a student's got a case of of pins that they're selling in their backpack or a, a weapon of some sort, um, just. It's it's not just an isolated thing in wow.
0: in Maryland. How how long's your te- um, how long's your wife been teaching locally? Six six years. Six at, years. At Is she does she ever fear for her safety? Uh,
1: absolutely, yeah. Oh. And and that only in the last couple of years um, has she has she started to to admit, you know, that she she doesn't feel safe. Um, the kids, you know, they're not stupid. They know that there's there's no consequences. Wow. Um, for instance, last year she had a student, a male student, in her classroom that urinated in the trash can in the classroom, um, and his punishment was the following day spent in is in school suspensions, what we called it when I was in school. But you know, uh, timeout room, and that was his that was his punishment. Yeah, and he probably
0: he probably got a little, little cred, little street cred for that, right? Because he's the cool guy that was in in the in the bad kids room, right? You gets a little street cred yeah, for that, sure. yeah.
1: Sure, sure, and and like you guys have touched on, um, she, she teaches the special education, and uh, so she has a lot of correspondence with, I would say, parents, but it's it's family, um, and right. a lot of the times it's older siblings, um, or an aunt or a grandparent, um, and and the kids just have, they've got no structure at home, and they come to school when they want to, if it, you know, if it. If it's convenient, um, there's, gosh, there's nineteen and twenty year old sophomores, what? Uh, and it's just like, you, what are you, what are you doing?
0: I mean, wow. it's ridiculous. That's amazing. It, it, she's been teaching for six years. That's that's not all that long. She's still, yeah, still kind of new in the profession, if you think about it. But is she thinking about uh, keeping that job or leaving the profession? No, this will this will be the last year. She's really hanging it up. This is it. Yeah. This, because of these reasons, because of these issues,
1: yeah, absolutely. and and she's she's one of the teachers that that every parent would would love for their their children to to have as a teacher. i mean, mm. she she really cares. she's we've spent untold thousands of dollars over this last six years buying kids, just mm-hmm. the necessities of life. Um, she stays late you know, just everything that that you would want a teacher to do uh, to help a kid that is trying. But you know, when she's scared to walk out to the car at the end of the day, and scared to be in the classroom with the door shut,
0: mm, you know, yeah. it's just wow, it's just not worth it. I don't no blame her. her, man. That's not good, man. That's horrible. What well, a horrible predicament. That's well, nobody just, should have
2: to go to work like that,
0: man. Oh, man. Well, listen, the, the way you describe her, I'm sure some, uh, I'm sure some private school will scoop her up quickly.
1: I, I, that's that's the hope that, that she can find a place that you know the the parents of the children are involved and. uh you know, will be be an advocate uh, for her and and support her and not not fight her and defend you know little Johnny for mm. doing whatever the heck it is crazy thing he did. That's amazing. Uh, the yeah. day before, so
0: well, I'm sorry, you're, yeah, you're sorry it. you're dealing with that because that's uh, that's uh, an incredible stress mm-hmm. on a family. Mm-hmm. Your your family, mm-hmm. you you and your wife. That's that's a lot, man.
1: Thanks. Yeah, for ch- yeah, I, de- I definitely like the uh, the teacher holidays and then the weekends
0: much yeah. better. Yeah, uh, when I know she's. So, that's thank, it. thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, 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 Brockton is in Massachusetts, yes, by the Brockton, way. I think I said Brooklyn, but uh, Brockton, Mass. Uh, CBS News out of Boston had this report. From
3: the National Guard. In a letter sent to the mayor and community leaders Friday, four members of Brockton school committee asked for guardsmen to come work at Brockton High for, quote, immediate assistance to prevent a potential tragedy, writing, our high school has experienced a disturbing increase in incidents related to violence, security, security concerns, and substance abuse. He sounds like he's scared to come to Brockton High. Ana Reyes' grandson is a freshman. He doesn't want to come to school because of drugs and repeat fights. Nearly 4,000 kids go to Brockton High. While all guardians we spoke to agree that violence is a huge issue, they say bringing in the National Guard is a step too far. This is not a military school. This is Brockton High School. Another resource, the police officers who already work full-time in the school. Yet
4: another brawl between students at the high school a concerned parent sharing this video this video
5: on social media shows one of the victims on the ground there after she was stabbed students say that is a fellow student there and at the beginning of the video you see someone run away now this all happened right after school let out near a ball field here police responded quickly to investigate and collect potential evidence right outside the high school
3: Yeah, David and Paula, fighting here at Brockton High has been a repeat issue as of late. We actually just learned that 11 teenage students were arrested and criminally charged just this past Thursday after a big fight broke out here at Brockton High. We hereby called. In a school committee meeting last month, teachers were in tears, pleading for help to control students getting violent at school. I don't even like to leave my classroom anymore. I usually will wait until after school to go to the bathroom.
0: No, she waits till after school and everybody's gone before she even leaves the classroom. What a terrible state of affairs. I mean, just uh, no kid
2: is going to be learning in an environment like that. No. And yet the state of Massachusetts, the city of Brockton... That school district, the parents, everybody's responsible for the failure here. They've all let it crumble, and now we're at a point where the only solution, National Guard guys in man, the hallways. The man, oh, man. Yeah. Can you imagine that sight? I mean, that would be a sight to see. I guarantee you this is a community. Well, I know there's a community that tried to defund the police. I'm not sure if they managed it, but certainly they're they're not fans of the police there. So this is what you get. You push the cops out for so long. Now you get the National Guard. Yeah. Maybe you th- should have thought
0: this one out. How come out there are never any fathers questioned in those, in those news stories like this? No fathers in there. No fathers were asked about their opinion on this. Something tells me that uh, this 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 high school has a lack of fathers. Well, I don't know and a, I lot, know of a lot of fathers pe- who, who would let their, their sons act that way. And I know a lot of people listening, they just, ooh, that just rubs them the wrong way. Uh, it, it really does. It hurts them, it, it, it really angers them. But that is part of the problem.
2: Now people get mad all they want but but the truth of the matter is especially boys growing up in homes without fathers uh, are at a significant disadvantage in 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 growing up being able to grow up and
0: be a responsible grown male. Boys have to be taught how to protect women and children. And these boys at Brockton High School they're being taught how to take advantage of women and children.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean it, it sounds like a war zone there every day.
2: And and you know unfortunately you know there are a number of, of students genuinely wanting to learn but this is the only the only option they have in their whole community is to go to a school like that the parents
0: of those kids should file a lawsuit against the school district yeah you're not you're not educating my kid you're you're allowing so many brawls and fights and drugs and things like that yeah uh this is a shining example of why we need school choice <laughs> yeah fernando is checking in from buta this morning hey fernando Hey, good morning. Yes, sir.
6: You <clears throat> sort of stole my thunder there, but um, yeah, school choice is definitely one of the things that we need. Another thing we need is to stop encouraging kids to be, uh, you know, just like they encourage these kids to go out and skip school, to, uh, to protest and, and all this stuff. So it actually brings a different mindset to, mm. to, the, to youngsters, to youth, you know, like, like they have a choice. I remember growing up when you just shut up, sat down, and did what you were told. Hmm. You know? Now it seems like every teenager has a, an idea of what life's really about, and then they really don't.
0: They don't at all, you know? don't they? Yeah. they
6: No, they, they don't. Yeah. They, I, so I got that's it. how they—we they, empower them like that. Yeah. No, you're right, right on that front. We empower a bunch of young kids that don't know anything about life. Yep. This is what you
0: get. You're, yeah. for, you're, you're spot on, Fernando. We handed the cancel culture to 16-year-olds. And I get so pissed whenever you you hear some people say, well, it's a young person's world. Let them decide all the politics and things like that. Shut the front door. Yeah, they don't know. This is not a young person's world. This is our world. That's right. You know, the parents, the poor
6: parents are out there, you know, suffering with inflation. You know, Um, it's like like the Democratic Party has the entire United States right where they want them. You know, you can't, you got, you're surviving to exist while your kid's out there being taught 100% what you don't agree with.
0: Spot on, Fernando. All right, you know, early voting is underway, and uh, there's a couple of big races here in Austin that you should consider. I think one of the biggest is, is uh, well, not only the race to be mayor and city council, those things are important, but uh, the race to be the DA of Travis County, the district attorney, I think is very important. The current DA, Jose Garza. He has, uh, well, he's done a lot of damage to this city, hasn't he? Indeed. I think this is the most important. Well, this may be uh, another story in that uh, the damage file that Jose Garza has has, has committed on this city. It's the story of uh, Javier Zarate, the man who pleaded guilty to manslaughter and injury to a child charges in an incident that left a 13-year-old boy in South Austin dead. This happened back in 2022. And uh, it is officially going to be sentenced in court later this afternoon. Uh, and you could thank D.A. Garza for this one, right? Mm, yeah. And even a judge is involved in this too, right? Yeah, sure, sure. D.A. Garza for sure. It's a doozy. Uh, court documents show Zarat will serve a ten-year probation sentence for his actions. He killed a thirteen-year-old boy, he, he and he's going to get—he's going to get a ten-year uh, probation. How about that? Part of a plea deal, right? Well, yeah. As part of the plea deal, Zarat must uh, also attend anger management courses. Parenting classes, do some community service, pay the victim's family $17,000. The exact amount of restitution is not clear because court documents show two different values. KXAN is uh, confirming this story. Well, here's what happened. This stems from a deadly crash in April of 2022. The arrest affidavit indicates that Zarat began chasing a group of children who he believed vandalized his home. The kids were on bikes zarat was in a car when he caught up to the kids according to the police report and witness testimony zarat began to attack them punching these teenagers witnesses said they tried to break up the fight and that's when his car started rolling backwards and it ran over 13 year old brett cardenas crushed the child right there on the spot he was an eighth grader at bailey middle school now following the tragedy the family and friends they held a vigil for cardenas while wearing red his favorite color. Uh, KXAN reached out to the Travis County District Attorney's Office, but they, they're they not talking right now. Of course not. Yeah. Of course not. So there you go. Ten years probation is what he's going to get this afternoon. Amber Vasquez is a criminal defense attorney, quoted in KXAN's story here, not affiliated with the case, and said that probation is far from a slap on the wrist. No, prison is far from a slap on the wrist. Probation is a slap on
2: the wrist. When you've... When you've been responsible for the death of a 13-year-old boy because you couldn't be a man and, and, and not go punch a 13-year-old. Uh, and, and then you it couldn't even be responsible. You were so mad you couldn't even put your car in park, Right. I, I I would I would say probation is is a definite slap. on the Well,
0: I'd like to know more about the vandalism at his house. What happened? And and, and was it was not these kids. I mean, not that that matters. The kid shouldn't have died, and he shouldn't have chased them, right? No, I agree. Or maybe this is a symptom of uh, a lack of police response, a lack of, a staffing shortage. Could be decided all, to take matters in his own hands. Could be that
2: it, it could be a symptom of the lack of discipline that is that is uh, put upon our, our young people in, in society now.
0: Now the uh, the defense attorney that's quoted in KXAN's article here, Amber Vasquez. She said that the prosecutors would have to show evidence that there was a mindset of criminal recklessness to prove that there was manslaughter. Criminal recklessness would mean a person knows they're taking a particular risk and yet follows through with the act. Well, he knew he was at risk when he got in that car and started chasing people down the streets. He's a grown man with gray
2: hair. Yeah, I I think he should probably be held accountable uh, to to understand the risk of beating on a 13-year-old and... and, and
0: this is another example of why this district attorney we have, is, is, is he needs to go. Well, here's what, uh, here's what someone that, that agrees with the DA's uh, position on this front. So what the DA has to do is look at the community's safety. And quite frankly, frankly, with the probation, you can get anger management and restitution for the family.
2: Wow. So a guy that chases down kids on bicycles in his car, gets out, pounds on them. Like I said, was so mad, he couldn't even remember the basic wow. function of putting his car in park. So it rolled over a 13-year-old kid. You, you would talk about safety in the community? Does that sound like a guy that's, that's going to bring – he's going to get out of jail and he's going to be reformed because, because why? You're sending them some anger management classes? Give me a break. This guy, this guy Garza, is a
0: cancer. Got to vote him out. Yeah. Got to vote him out. And you do have a choice, even on the Democrat side. You got a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy Silistine. Uh, uh, Jeremy Silestine. He's uh, he's uh, he's a Democrat. He used to work in D.A. Garza's office, but quit because he didn't like Garza. Right, that's right. Now there's also uh, uh, Daniel
2: Betts, who's who's uh, another candidate for uh, for district attorney as well. So you know you've got Daniel Betts. You uh, he, he's uh, a, a Jeremy Silestine Probably you know is being a Democrat is is the, the most likely successor uh, if if he were to beat. Jose Man. Garza here in the primaries. But if, if, the, if you're sick and tired of this kind of story, it seems like every week there's another story with this guy Garza has committed a travesty of justice. Well, you got to get to the polls and, and, and vote him out.
0: I have, have a feeling to. if uh, Javier Zarat's name was Jack Johnson, there'd probably be a, dip, be a different reaction from the community in the DA's office. I, it's, it's, I, it's entirely possible. <laughs> well, unless you're talking about the boxer. Yes, it's true. It's true. I didn't think about that, then but they got some treats. And this is horrible. This is this is definitely a slap on the wrist. He killed a kid. He killed a kid. He killed a 13 year old boy in the middle of the street in a neighborhood. Hmm. Huh. Chased them down on bicycles. Now, and the family agreed to it.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I. I, I like we pointed, out, I don't know exactly the extent of the vandalism. Certainly, though. I would imagine it didn't warn a 13-year-old boy's life. But
0: to be honest, I don't even know if there was any vandalism at all.
2: Well, the story of KXAN wrote is said he thought he chased them down because he thought they vandalized his house. That's what he told police. Yeah. So there's a chance was, that maybe they didn't. They I don't even just, know if there was any vandalism. They were there. rolling by. I don't know. Now, this, to me, he, he's a grown, grown man. should probably be held to account a higher standard. Man, we, don't, we don't do that man. in society. We don't hold people to an account anymore.
0: That's just... Rather disturbing.
2: That's not to say that there aren't some mouthy sixteen year olds that might, you know, might need a little uh, a firm hand from their parents, say on the backside. Well, you don't chase them down and kill them. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings, five to ten, on News Radio KLBJ.
0: Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last.
1: And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy.
0: Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com.